0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 202 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today I'm here with Alexis Cano. Alexis lives in Kingsville, Texas, where she works for a local university, and she is also an author. She wrote the book, The What If Diet Plan, and guess what if stands for? If you guessed intermittent fasting, you would be right. That's <laughs> glad to have you here today, Alexis.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited.
0: <laughs> well, I, I can't wait to hear your story. And you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that?
1: So I officially started my intermittent fasting journey in uh, February of 2018. I was overweight. I was 200 pounds Possibly more, but I had stopped weighing myself. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) After, and this was what, three years after having my third child. And, but at that point in my life, I was, you know, I was done dieting. I was done. I was very much into, I discovered meditation and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to accept my body the way it is. My hunger. I was just always hungry and I I couldn't like ever stick to anything, but I was successful in all other areas of my life. So I thought, you know what? Why am I going to worry about my weight? There's just no point. That sounds so much like my story, right? like that whole
0: period of time right before I really like leaned into intermittent fasting in 2014. I was at that same point. I was like, you know what? This is just me. I'm a smart person. I have a doctorate. I'm so tired of this mental space going to diet. Exactly. hating my body. I'm just going to embrace it. I'm just going to be bigger and it's okay. I'm going to be happy. Body positivity. Yes, exactly. That's what I was going through well, too. And
1: I was healthy too. I was doing, uh, you know, I, I work at a local university, and but I was also a student at the time. I was, I'm still am. I'm in the master's program for clinical mental health counseling. So I would go to the university gym at least three times a week to do uh, the high intensity interval classes. I would outdo students that were, you know, 10 years younger than me it was kind of like, I had that, why doesn't my body reflect all the physical activity that I do? It just kind of drove me nuts for a little bit, but I just decided to you know get away from it. Well, I ended up running into an obscure documentary one day on Amazon Prime. I'm sure a lot of listeners have seen it. It's called The Science of Fasting. Yes. And I remember I saw it and I was, again, I was very much into meditation at that time. So when I saw it, I actually thought, oh, maybe this is about meditation. Like I was imagining like Buddhist monks, like, meditating. Right? So I started watching it. I was folding laundry. I just kind of had it on in the background. And, I mean, I started seeing all these people, like, this, all the benefits of fasting. But the one thing that really caught me was a lot of the patients that were going to this place saying, I'm not hungry. That caught me because, turns out, and I know a lot of other listeners have had this experience too, I used to naturally intermittent fast when I was younger. So in reality, I guess my fasting, intermittent fasting story, it actually started when I was 17 in high school. Okay. I was morbidly obese. I was almost 250 pounds, a size 20. And I only ate when I was hungry. I, you know, I did all the things you were supposed to do, but I just could never, yeah, I was just so overweight. And at that time, I never really wanted to lose weight because I never thought I could. And one day, just, I happened to skip breakfast. I was running late from school and I thought for sure I was going to be fatigued and not able to concentrate. No, I was fine. And then kind of from there, I just thought, well, let me, let me kind of play around with this. I had no diet mentality. I didn't even know to scale. The only reason I knew how much I weighed was when I went to the doctor for appointments. And of course he shamed me and told me, you know, you're overweight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever read the Carbohydrate Addicts Diet? Yes,
1: I did. Oh, my goodness. When you mentioned that, I was like, I remember that. I actually But that is Rachel
0: Heller's story. What you just explained there, it's just so funny. Of course, when I read the Carbohydrate Addicts Diet, when it first came out, it was when she was on Oprah. Oh,
1: I didn't even know she was on Oprah. Wow. I mean,
0: I watched Oprah. It was a long time ago. It was when it first came out, which had to have been somewhere in the 90s, right? I can't remember exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I, I watched it every day. And so they were on Oprah, and I got the book because I got every diet book that ever came out, especially if Oprah talked about it. And I just didn't even pay attention to that part in the beginning where she's like, had to do her like fasted blood work, and her appointment got scheduled till later in the afternoon, and she was like, I made it, and then I ate all this food, and I was like, man, I ruined it, but the next day I weighed less, and so I just kept doing it. And so... I talk about this in my in my books, but the funny part is she was intermittent fasting, just like you were by yeah, accident and by like, accident. hey, that wasn't so bad and she kept doing it. But then that wasn't the plan that she did for the carbohydrate addicts diet.
1: No, exactly. You had to eat low carb
0: in the morning.
1: All day. And yeah.
0: She lost all the weight, intermittent fasting and eating one meal a day. And then was like, all right, here's the plan. Start with breakfast, eat. And you were like, well, okay. But I didn't even pay attention to the story till I was an intermittent faster. And I reread it. And I'm like, wait a minute.
1: <laughs> We've been so brainwashed to believe that you have to eat Breakfast and I, even someplace, and I, I talk about my whole diet journey. Well, and here's the thing I was never on a diet until I ended up losing 45 pounds in high school. I felt great, but I was very secretive. There was no such thing as intermittent fasting back then. Yeah. Only my closest friends knew and they were okay with it because they could see that I was fine, you know? And thank God for that. And them. what's funny
0: is, We could have gotten it in from Rachel Heller in the '90s if she had written a different book, right? right? She had written a different (laughs) book, and probably though people were like, "No, no, we can't." The editors were like, "We can't write that book." Mm -hmm. Uh, I was just but you know what actually brought me back to intermittent fasting in 2014—the time it really stuck—I was doing that whole summer of keto and it wasn't losing any weight and then i'm like what about the carbohydrate addicts diet again so then i pulled cuz i was so tired of keto and i felt so bad then i pulled out that carbohydrate addicts book and i really think that reading the introduction i was like wait a minute wow. that's intermittent fasting what if i just do that with just the reward meal mm-hmm.
1: and it's like okay <laughs> the thing is i tried intermittent fasting in 2010 back when i think it was oh gosh what was it uh eat stop eat and there was that another one that was it one. brad Pallon. I knew you were gonna. Yeah, say that. is that the um 5-2? No, that's a different one. There was Eat Stop Eat is a lot like 5.2. Okay. That's the one where
0: he wanted you to do a 24-hour fast yes. twice a week. He yes. was the bodybuilder yes. guy, right? Exactly. And he had all
1: those poses. Exactly. And-, <laughs> and that's where, you know, you and Melanie, you know, when I discovered, gosh, I feel like I'm going all over the place, but that's all right. I basically rediscovered, rediscovered in intermittent fasting in 2018. But the thing is. Back when I did it, I had success with it, but when I got to college, I was like, no, I can't do this anymore. This is not healthy. You're not supposed to skip right. meals. So that's when I decided. I thought, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to research nutrition. I'm going to research exercise. I'm going to lose weight correctly. At that point, I'd already gotten to maybe 170, and I was very comfortable in my body, but again, I felt so guilty skipping breakfast and at that point skipping lunch I was like this is not good for me and you know the other funny thing I was drinking black coffee in the morning like (laughs) you were doing it yeah you were a rock star And and, but again (laughs) back then if college student in 2000 drinking black coffee for breakfast and lunch no that was not a good thing you know what I mean so I really did my best to learn everything and I learned all about nutrition I learned about all about exercise and I ended up gaining some weight back but then I ended up losing it back I was very successful on the volumetrics diet. I remember that one. Yeah. Barbara Rolls. Was that her name? Wow, I don't know. (laughs) How do you
0: remember this? Wow. I don't know. (laughs) Diets, I tell you. Yeah, volumetrics. Explain that to the listeners. Explain volumetrics.
1: So the volumetrics diet is basically, from what I remember, is you can eat basically as much as you want, from what I remember. as I long always like that kind of diet. Me too, right? Atkins, all of those, right? As long as you're focusing on very nutrient-dense foods that are little calories, so like s- celery, salads, things like that, fill up on soups. And then you can still have a little bit of whatever, but you're filling up on these giant, you know. She did research on soup. Like oh, I yes. remember that. Like her research
0: was on what happened if you ate a bowl of soup before your meal, like it helped you with satiety.
1: I remember that from her book. So I was eating like... I'd eat like a quart of soup. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it was Uh just ridiculous. And so I, I, and I was like running seven miles a day. I was weightlifting. I was swimming. I was doing so much. It's like my life revolved around healthy eating and exercise. So it's like I went from one extreme to the other, you know, but again, I was doing it trying to be healthy. That's always been my intention. I talk about this in my book where I just kind of go up and down, up and down through every single diet, trying to find one that I can stick with, that I can live with, and that I'm not just like always hungry. That's the thing. And when I say always hungry, it wasn't necessarily just my stomach. It was mental too. It's like, oh, it was just so crazy. So... Yeah. Fast forward to 2018. That's when I rediscovered intermittent fasting. And thank God I discovered the Intermittent Fasting Podcast because I, again, that kind of shame that came back over me. And I thought, I'm not going to do this again. This is not healthy. You used to do this back when you were younger, but you know it's not good for you. You have three children at this point and a family. You cannot be doing these fad diets. Starving yourself, right? It felt
0: like a starving yourself, fad diet,
1: shameful because you didn't know it was healthy exactly you you don't know it's healthy and the thing is too when you haven't experienced non-hunger for such a long time you can't imagine not being hungry you know i think that's where it's like i really felt like i was going to be starving myself because i couldn't imagine not being hungry although i had done it before but again i felt like i was doing a bad thing i was drinking the black coffee and that's what i was doing I basically made myself three promises that if I tried this, you know, oh, well, actually that's where the what if came in. <laughs> it literally happened as I was thinking about it. I was just like, well, what if this works? What if this actually can be part of a healthy lifestyle? And what if you don't have to be a bodybuilder? What if you can be just a regular mom that is living a busy life? And what if this is the last diet that I'll, I'll ever, ah, I get so excited, ever have to try I know, you me know? Too. And then that's kind of when it hit me. I was like, what if I F let's do this? Like it was. So right. I just again, secretly called it my what if diet plan. And if this works and great, but I made three promises. I said, if I'm going to do this, it cannot interfere with my family life. It cannot cost me more money. I cannot be spending more money on gadgets or special recipes or special anything. And I will only partake in physical activity that I enjoy. <laughs> So I love that. I yeah. I, I'm really glad I did that. So I stopped the high intensity interval classes because I used to love that kind of exercise when I was younger, but now at this point in my life, it is more trouble than it's worth, or I don't. It just it doesn't fit in with my lifestyle at this point. So instead, I started walking. I started trying to just be more active, doing kayaking, things like that. But anyway, those were the three promises I made. And throughout my journey, I focused on intermittent fasting. I focused on the benefits of intermittent fasting, not just the weight loss. As a matter of fact, I even at one point, I told myself, I'm not going to weigh myself anymore because you're going to keep focusing on that. And I know that's not good for me. It just it wouldn't help. So I just basically started with 12, 12 eating windows. I couldn't even do a 16, eight fast. I would end up binging at the end of the night. So I started slow, 12, 12 eating windows and every few weeks or so i would kind of extend it as much as i could and i would always try and open my window with something low insulin producing you know just okay so yeah. so some protein or salad things like that some bone broth that's how i would open my window and i mean eventually it just it just my hunger dissipated naturally and man it was just so cool but and again that's when i i found your podcast and i was like oh wow these are normal women they're not bodybuilders they're not fitness coaches they're not you know celebrities they're and it just oh i i was just so relieved and it's funny cuz my book was also kind of born out of anger and frustration <laughs> i was so angry it's like you're telling me that i was doing the right thing a long time ago if i had just listened to my body all those years ago i wouldn't have had had to go through all this crazy diet mania and you know, that's also where the book came from. I started journaling and my journal turned into a blog and then the blog turned into a book. It's just been crazy. But I credit even that to intermittent fasting because I wasn't so focused on food anymore. It's like it frees up your brain to focus on other things. It's just amazing. It really does. does. You know, because
0: I really was consumed with thoughts of is it time to eat? Should I eat? Can I eat? What should I eat? Oh, I shouldn't eat that, but I want to eat that, but I'm hungry now, but am I hungry? All the time from morning to night, and now it's so easy. I don't have those thoughts until, you know, we're recording this, it's almost 2.30 in the afternoon on, on a weekday, and you know, I have a stomach rumble here and there throughout the day. And I don't even think about eating because yes. my head is not open yet. Oh and so there's gosh. no mental space on it. But I promise, the minute I would, if I'm like, okay, I think I'll eat soon, then I'm like suddenly hungry. How funny. So <laughs> like I just noticed the thought that I'm going to eat.
1: Well, and the other <laughs> thing I love about intermittent fasting, you know, a lot of people, yes, it's got the health benefits. But for me, it was also about awareness. Just it's amazing how much we eat for emotional reasons. And I notice, you know, you just mentioned, like, I'm not hungry right now. I'm very excited and I'm very, you know, happy to be here and chatting. But I guarantee you, if I were working on a research paper, oh, I'd be starving. You know what I mean? I think it's just, (laughs) it's funny how our brain does that. It tricks us into believing that we're really physically hungry when it's in reality, we're probably just bored or we're, you know, we're trying to avoid some kind of emotion. So it's just really just...
0: promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's buyoptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10.
2: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
0: So when you started in 2018, you said you were around 200, but you didn't really know because you hadn't been weighing. Is that right?
1: So I was weighing until I got to like 199. Then I was just like, Okay. Okay, we're gonna stop that now. So You just didn't have to see it. You didn't want to see that number. I get it. I didn't
0: want to see it either. I remember when I got on that scale and it said two ten. I'm like, oh no, it is a two and it's a not I just, just a couldn't. Two zero, I, it's two
1: one yeah I couldn't stand to see it go over 200 again I re- I still remember when it was like 199 I think I think I even took a picture of it I have since thrown that away but or, or deleted it but yeah I just couldn't see that 200 again I was like no, no come, come I on yeah. I really this again but none of that anymore just freedom now <laughs> Well, I'm so glad. So you got started
0: 2018. You eased your way in. Yes. So about how long did it take before you felt that, you know, that lack of hunger, which I would say is probably when you were fat adapted, like you became fat adapted. There's the hunger gone. Yeah, that
1: switch. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. You made that metabolic switch. And then how long did it take you? Because you eased your way in slowly.
1: Yeah. I would say it took me two to three months. I would say probably two months. Now, I really noticed it at three months, I think like around that 90 day mark. And I still remember the day of just, you know, being in front of the computer at work, working, working, working. And it, cause you know, time, time is another thing that kind of triggers our brain into thinking we're hungry. I used to have a snack every day at 10, every day. And I mean, at 10 o'clock, like Pavlov's dog, my right. brain would tell me, oh, it's time for a snack. And I would get the rumble and everything. And so I still remember, you know, working and looking at the clock and being like, oh, it's 10 and I'm not hungry. And then again, like at lunch, oh, it's 12 and I'm not hungry. And then kind of thinking, well, what should I do? Like, what do I do with my time? (laughs) And then there's a story I write about in my book where I was so proud. This is such a, a dorky thing, but I started walking during my lunch hours because I wasn't hungry during lunch anymore. And of course I work on a college campus. So There were certain trails that I would walk so that I wouldn't be tempted by food. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. one day I went for a walk and for whatever reason, I ended up walking in front of the Student Union building, which has all the, you know, all the food places in it, (laughs) Chick-fil-A. We have a Chick-fil-A here. So I was walking and I still remember smelling the smell of waffle fries and, you know, fried chicken. And then I thought I remember like the thought thing I was thinking oh no oh gosh I'm gonna be hungry oh no and no I wasn't and I was so shocked by the fact that I wasn't hungry after smelling that that I made myself walk back just to make sure it was real oh my gosh it's such a dorky story but a I was, replay yeah, played it I was just so like oh my gosh I'm smelling this delicious fried food that used to just like send me into a tizzy and I'm not hungry and so I remember I called my husband I was like babe. I just walked back past Chick-fil-A. I could smell it and I'm not hungry. And he's just like, okay, like, <laughs> why would he try to? And I was like, I'm not hungry. Like, and he just didn't get it. And then I even went and told one of my coworkers and she just kind of looked at me like, oh, like, okay, that's whatever, good. But that's weird, I was whatever. like, you don't understand. <laughs> I mean, like you mentioned my, my- I understand. Yeah, my thoughts used to just be consumed with food. And it's like, I just, I felt powerless, you know, or if somebody brought a box of donuts in the morning to work and I smelled them. And it just it went away. I mean, and of course, once in a while it comes back, but it's just just different now, you know. Because it's normal to crave
0: food and want food and want to eat, and we still have that, you know. Definitely, yeah. You could drive by a Chick Fil A or walk by one and think, I would enjoy that chicken Mm -hmm. sandwich. Yeah, and then you think about. Could I open my window now? Hmm, I could. I actually did have this kind of conversation the other day. I was out running some errands, and it was late afternoon, and I drove by Chick-fil-A. I'm like, oh, Chick-fil-A, that would be delicious. I'm like, yeah. I kept driving. Yeah, same. Came home, had something else
1: (laughs) And, you know, the whole um, the concept of window-worthy, I mean, yeah, that is a real thing. It's just like, is that really worth it right now?
0: But there were a lot of years where just the fact that, yes, the time was appropriate to open my window, and there it was, and I had the thought, I would have just turned right in. The fact that I'm now, like, more likely not to just shows how much it's changed over time. I mean, I still could have. It wouldn't have been wrong or bad to do that, but I just... There was a time a few years ago when if my window was open, I'm like, "Ooh, that sounds good. I'm going to get it." But instead, I was like, "Ooh, that sounds good. I'm like, yeah, not right now."
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. But again, that just that concept, that choice, that I don't know. It's just that freedom again of being able to make that choice and not feel deprived. I think that's the other thing we always have. We always have the option. We always have the choice. But being able to just you no. Know, I'm good. Thank you. Right. And if we're on like a diet, then you're like, oh, I can't. I shouldn't. Okay. On the word diet, though, I have to say this. So when I was okay. kind of doing research for my book, even the word diet, and this is where the what if kind of comes in. I mean, I really questioned everything. The word diet is not even the word that we use it as. Do You know what I mean? That's
0: true. Yeah. Because diet is the pattern of what you eat, right? It's what everyone eats,
1: right? It really is. Yeah. But even back before, like, I think it's the old English. There's something, if you look it up in Webster's Dictionary, one of the very, very first definitions of it is actually your way of living. Right. That is the definition, just your way of living. And to me, that includes everything that includes what you eat, what you take in and just what you consume in general, you know, how you feel, what you think, just how you're living your life. So even that, you know, a diet, it's like, it shouldn't be a scary word. <laughs> you know, it's like, right. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. I just we've ruined it. We really have. The <laughs> diet should yeah. not be scary. It should be a no. happy word. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. because we all have a diet. Yes, Even you're not on, having one and being on one, I guess. Right, exactly, it's it's so different. On a diet, you've lost your
1: power. Yes, yes, exactly. You can create your diet and create your life. And intermittent fasting, it it just, to me, it just, it goes through all aspects of your life. It really does. I don't know if other people feel this way, but even- um, I think so. I really think so too. I also say intermittent fasting is to the body- what meditation is to the mind. That's kind of how I see it. A lot of people see it as, how can I say, I'm not eating, oh, I'm, I'm depriving myself, but no, you're just giving your body that break. Just like meditation gives you a break from thinking, gives you a break from processing those thoughts. Intermittent fasting gives your body a break from processing food, from processing anything, you know, stuff, and we all need that break sometimes, and it's beneficial.
0: I think that's a great comparison. Absolutely. That makes total sense because you need that time
1: of rest. I think, too, that's probably why I was so open to it. I I was able to kind of see it in that way because I was into meditation at the time. I kind of thought, well, it came to me at the right time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Back to that, that Amazon prom, The Science of Fasting. That was a different kind of documentary because they were doing really long fasts. (laughs) <laughs> Which, I'm, you know, I'm not anti-long fast. The part I love about that documentary is they really stressed, if you're going to do these long fasts, you need to be under supervision. Yes. Medical supervision. Because they had, like, all of them. And, and these are people who love fasting. But they were like, you do them at our clinics. You come here. We will supervise you. It's not something, I think, to play around with at home by yourself.
1: <laughs> no, no. I totally agree. Actually, about once a month, I'll do a 24-hour fast. And that even that happens pretty naturally. I find that I'm so in tune now with my body. I find that I naturally want to fast longer, depending on my cycle. So like the day that I start, I'm just not hungry. I'm not hungry. And I used to think, well, no, I need to eat because protein and iron and all that. And now I'm just like, no, you know what? Just give my body a break. And so usually I do that. That was true for me as well. Really?
0: Interesting. I would feel hung. Well, I would feel hungrier before I started. Before? Same. Yes. I would have, and it was usually like the day before. And it was funny because I was keeping, you know, all the records and I was doing intermittent fasting and I could look back. I have this app that I used since maybe 2012. I could tell you exactly when my cycles were from 2012 to when they stopped (laughs) because now I'm on the other side of menopause, but. Every time. I mean, I would be like, why am I so hungry me today? Too. What is going on? Oh why am I so hungry? Then the next day it would start. I'd be like, oh, again, why, why was I surprised again? <laughs> and then the
1: next month, why am I su- up again? <laughs> Isn't that funny? And it's <laughs> yes. funny because it's about three days before for me. And right at two o'clock, like clockwork, I'll get hungry. And that for me, my, my window, I usually open it around six sometimes later, just depending, just depending on my schedule. But so when I get hungry at two, that's just not normal, like to me. But yeah. And, yeah. and then for sure enough, I'll look at the date and I'll think, oh, oh, oh that's why. But it's just so funny. It, and now it's almost just like annoying. I'm like, oh, I, I have work to do. Stop it.
0: <laughs> right, right. Exactly. But then I also learned what my weight would do. And my weight would follow Typical patterns, because I also was keeping a you know, great track of my weight at that time when I was losing weight. And I, w- I would know here here's where it goes up and here's where it goes back down. Yeah. And it's not fat. It's just the cyclical changes that my weight does on these certain days of the month. And so it really helped to understand it. All that record keeping really helped me to, to get more in tune with my body and realize normal. You're not weak when you need to
1: eat more right mm-hmm. before your, your period starts. Exactly. It's it's really interesting, and it, it again, it just yeah, it gets you really in tune with your body more than I've ever been. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that really is amazing. So, how did the weight loss go for you? Were you weighing as you were doing it, or were you like, I'm just going to see what happens?
1: So I'm really glad you asked that because that is something that everyone wants to know. And I get asked that a lot and I just, I forget to, I forget about the weight loss part. So I did lose a good, I would say 30 to 40 pounds within that first three to four months. And I mean, it happened, I think because I was not focused on the scale, it just seemed to happen so quickly. And that is very much what happened to me back in high school when I had lost those first 45 pounds. I remember, I didn't own a scale at home. So I had to go into the locker room at school and go in and just sneak onto the scale. And I still remember seeing 185. And I mean, I just about, I was like, what, what, what happened? And so I think at that point that was about, that was about 45 pounds I had lost. And at least from when I officially got weighed at the doctors, I was 234, but I know I got bigger than that. I felt it. Yeah. So, you know, it happened very gradually. It happened, it seemed to happen quickly, but when you look at the timeline, it happened pretty gradually. Now from there though, I stagnated uh, or I plateaued at 170 for about a year, possibly more. And I remember I was going, I would always go fluctuate between 60 160 and 170. And I wasn't too concerned about it because I, I was pretty comfortable. I was a size 10, 8, depending on you know what the clothes were. And I was okay. I felt pretty comfortable in my skin. I felt strong. I had energy. I had focus. But at some point I did think, you know, I 150 has always been my goal. And I just thought it would be nice, you know? So I started looking and here's the thing. I was an intermittent faster, but I was, you know, bad, (laughs) bad intermittent faster (laughs) because what I was doing, is I was fasting, but then I really was overeating during my window. Okay. So like I was drinking a glass of wine every night. And I I do talk about this in my book. I love having a bedtime snack. I love it. So I was having a glass of yeah. wine with some fruit. That was always my go-to snack. Or I'd have, you know, a pint of ice cream or and then every Friday, this was like my guilty pleasure, every Friday, I would have myself a oh gosh, this is embarrassing. A medium Alfredo pizza with sausage and spinach. And I would just sit and watch, um, Handmaid's Tale. That was like my guilty Uh, pleasure every Friday. And that was my one meal for the day. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I was still following, you know, I just, I justified everything. Even when I ate healthy, I would eat say a big chicken, but I'd eat like half a big chicken. I mean, I was really overeating. So I kind of had to take a, a good hard look at what I was doing, get more aware of myself. And it wasn't about you know, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. But it was, I really tried to, I tried to ease into it just like I had before. And I thought, well, you know what, if you want to weigh 150, are you eating the way a person who weighs 150 would eat? Are you eating what they would eat and how much they would eat? And so from there, like I said, at that point, I was in between 165, 170. And I thought, you know what, what can I do right now? And I I don't, I don't want to go on a crash diet or anything. So I started doing little things. I started eating with my non-dominant hand because one thing that I do is I eat very fast. Even now, I, I tend to eat fast because I'm always in a hurry. And I started leaving three bites of food on my plate. Oh, that was the other thing I was guilty of is I have three boys. So they always would bring their leftovers to me. It's, oh, mama will eat it. <laughs> So if they had leftover chicken nuggets, leftover macaroni, you know, they would always bring it to me. And I didn't tell them, oh, bring it here, bring it here. We We can't waste food. So, you know, just little things like that, they really add up. So little by little, I started making these little changes. I was still keeping my, at that point, I was already at a 24 window, 20 hours fasting and four hours eating, sometimes less. But again, I, I kind of, that's where I had to focus more on the food part and the healthy habits part. So I started adding more veggies to my diet and and eating less ice cream. And it, when I did have junk or, or, you know, or fast food or anything like that, I really worked on enjoying it, you know, and not just eating it just because it was my window and I could eat it. That was kind of where I kind of went on autopilot during my window time. When I started doing all that, it was probably summer of 2020 actually oh gosh and then of course i gained some weight just like everyone else
3: <laughs> oh yeah
1: <laughs> i put on a good i would say at least 20 pounds during that time and and then i thought no 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 i know yeah i, I you, you need to stop this there's no need for you to be breaking your fast early but between summer of 2020 and then to december of 2020 i ended up losing another 20 pounds or so And from there, I've lost another 10. So now I'm in between 140, 145. And I still remember, it's so funny because I still remember 150 has always been my weight goal. That's just, to me, that's just a nice, healthy goal. And I still remember when the scale went to like 148 and I was like, what?
3: What? What?
1: I'm in my late 30s. I I haven't weighed that since junior high. (laughs) Right. So just oh, my gosh, that was just a a crazy feeling. Yeah, I don't know. It was so neat. But again, I really had to kind of focus on my habits at that point. It was more than just the fasting part. I had to focus on the healthy eating part, too. (laughs) And, you know, I love that you took an honest look at it, because
0: it can be hard to do, For you know, even like, you know, for me, right? I could I remember when was it? It was right around 2019. I took a trip to New York City, and while I was in New York City, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I was by myself, and I had, like, some amazing cheese plates. Like, I love a cheese plate. So I had, you know, I went a couple places and had a couple cheese plates, and then I came home, and I'm like, I'm going to recreate cheese plates every single night yeah. and I would make myself a beautiful charcuterie spread with you know the jam and the cheese and the whatever and then you know a few months later and I was having wine every night <laughs> a few months later I'm like my honesty pants feel a little tight yes
1: yes you know? <laughs>
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like, hmm. And I'm like, what could it be? Did did intermittent fasting stop working? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No. (laughs) I took an honest look and I'm like, you know, what's changed? Okay. What's really changed is I'm having a whole lot of these charcuterie boards and a lot more wine. Yes. So it's time for me to maybe go back to a different snack to open my window. And that doesn't mean I can't eat cheese or I'm on a diet now. It just means that that was not serving my body. And it was time to you know cut back on the nightly giant cheese spread that I was oh, laying yeah. out for myself. So my point is that we we usually know. Yeah, we do know when we really look honestly. Exactly. And, you know, I could have been like, oh, it's intermittent fasting. It doesn't work anymore. I'm getting older. Oh, well, it stopped working. That was good while it lasted. But I knew I, that it wasn't that at all. It was that, gosh, I really can't eat all this giant amount of cheese every night.
1: It's hard when it's worked for you for so long. You know, for me, like I said, what I was doing, just the fasting alone and not really changing my diet, it worked for the first 30 to 40 pounds. So why did it stop? Like you said, why did it stop working? Well, it didn't stop Well, you were in balance. You know,
0: you were in homeostasis. You were eating the amount of food that supported the size that you were. Right, And so you asked yourself, I love the question you asked yourself. That was, was brilliant. You're like, is this what someone who weighs 150 pounds would eat yeah. every night? And the answer was no. And so you needed to eat less food to maintain a smaller body. That's true.
1: I really had to focus on, and that's where, to me, the mind-body connection comes in and the awareness comes in. I had to focus on what... My future self, if my future self is going to be weighing 150, what would that future self be doing? Would they be sitting in bed eating a medium pizza every Friday night, binge watching? <laughs> oh, and drinking wine, by the way. I'd always have my wine with my right. pizza. You know, yeah, That d- I can't really picture that. I can't really picture a size six person Doing that or at least not in a healthy way, you know, it just it, right. It, I really did have to have a good hard look at myself. And here's the thing, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. We all have days when we just want to sit and veg and, you know, whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. But does that align with my goals? Does that align with my health goals, with my, my life goals? And it didn't, you know, it really didn't. And I remember thinking just back with all the dieting and everything, I was, I remember thinking, I just want to be able to sit and eat like a large pizza every day and just not gain weight, you know, and that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. And you know what? That's not a great life to live either. I mean, when you're just focused on food and... And you
0: can still eat the pizza. Like, I bet you would still order that exact pizza.
1: Well, so my... Okay, so, and I I know you talk about this too. My taste has changed Uh a lot. I am so much more picky. So that pizza I used to eat, it was fast food delivery pizza, Oh, okay. I, I don't really care for it anymore. I really, oh, but that was the other thing I had to do. And actually I talk about this in the book too. We always associate or we tend to associate food with pleasure. But in reality, I talk about, and let me use this example. I talk about this brunch every Sunday. My husband, he's a great cook. Oh my gosh. Every Sunday he loves to make brunch for the family. So and that it can be waffles, it can be pancakes, it can be eggs, bacon, sometimes everything. He's just he loves to cook for everybody. Every Sunday we'd have brunch and we still usually do as a family. But it got to a point where I just was not hungry for brunch and I would make myself eat because I was with the family. And this was only a few months into intermittent fasting. Now I'm just like, I ain't going to eat. But I kind of had this conflict, this mental conflict of this is with my kids. This does affect my family. I don't want to sit there and not eat in front of my kids. It's not healthy. And I had to, you know, I had to look in and really analyze that. And I had to think, sorry, my point is one of the things is I had to think, okay, what is it about brunch that makes it enjoyable? Is it the food? Is it the waffles? Is it the eggs and bacon? No, it's the fact that I'm with them. It's the fact that I'm with my family. And so the same thing with my little pizza habit every Friday night, what is it about that habit that is enjoyable to me, because it's really not the pizza. It's really, well, the wine maybe, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> but right. it's just the fact that I'm sitting, I'm relaxing. It's the end of a long week, but it doesn't have to be about the pizza. It doesn't have to be about the food. And I think that's the other thing that I've tried doing when there's a food that I really, really enjoy, I try to get curious about it. And I actually, I, I actually have a worksheet that I created on this. I call it eating with curiosity. Because a lot of times we just like to, we just like, to, oh, why can't I stop eating this, or why can't I, you know, we we like to kind of reprimand ourselves for liking certain things, but if we just get curious about it, and really, you know, while we're eating, really think about, okay, what is it about this that I'm enjoying? So, like ice cream, I still love ice cream. I would, I could eat half a gallon of ice cream. I mean, just. Oh, yeah. Ice cream goes down easy, it really doesn't does. it? There's, like, no off button yeah. for ice cream. Yeah, and, and you're, <laughs> oh. <laughs> until you're just, like, on the couch and you can't get up. <laughs> That's your off yeah. button. You know, I finally kind of realized I made myself at one point just – well, first of all, I made my portion sizes smaller. That was the other thing. Instead of eating a whole pint of ice cream, you know, maybe I can have half a pint and then half a half a pint. But as I was eating it, I mean, I really – focused on what is it about this ice cream that I like and I actually realized it's not really the ice cream I like it's the the texture I like ice cream with texture so now I get really fancy ice cream I go for the Ben and Jerry's and the Haagen-Dazs and I get you know I make sure it has chunks in it and I love it and I enjoy it and now it's so funny just the other night I had two spoonfuls I was great. I was fine. That was enough. Yeah. It's just so crazy. Just last night, we were talking about pizza. On a whim, we ended up going to a brick oven pizza place for dinner. I had myself a 12-inch margarita pizza and an arugula arugula salad and one cocktail. And I was good. You know? It was great. Perfect. Yeah, it was. It really was. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds delicious. It I'm was like thinking delicious. About it was so good. Like, mm. And arugula. <laughs> I, I am so into arugula right now. I it's so arugula. funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I like arugula on pizza. Have you ever oh, put arugula on pizza? No,
1: I have not. It's
0: very good. When I used to get plated, back before plated, did you ever use plated? Do you know what I mean by plated? Is it a delivery, food delivery? One of those meal delivery companies, okay. yes. Mm-hmm. They used to sponsor this podcast. They were my very first sponsor, in fact. Oh. And then they were, it was like so sad. It was fall of 2019. I got an email and they're like, guess what? We're not going to be sending out oh. any more boxes. We're out of the business of that. I'm like, no. It was the saddest. I remember where I was when I got that email. I was, oh, my goodness. <laughs> It was so sad. But they would send like, some of their meals, frequently they would have a pizza, and they would send you the dough, and you would roll oh. it out. And a lot of, yeah, homemade pizza. And a lot of the pizzas would be topped with, like, some sort of a, a dressed
1: arugula yes. salad
0: oh, on the top. So, and so it was so good. Oh like, I really goodness. miss, like, you know, the other meal kits that I do, they don't have pizza. So Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> so they would actually send you the dough.
0: The dough. They would send you the dough. That is yep. so Yep, and it, cool. it was a great dough. And then you would roll it out and bake it. And that's oh, that's yummy. Yeah. I got in the habit of that with the arugula on the top. But that was just something that, then, like a balsamic, you would usually toss it in. That they would send, and that was really good. So now I want to have pizza with with arugula on it. Try it. it it's just something about that taste put it on there.
1: Yeah. I love the arugula. It's that peppery. Oh, it's so good. I just love it. I made my husband try some so-by-solid. He was just like, no, I'm good.
2: (laughs) This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales,
3: Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Slash awards Only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com. And for our UK listeners, it's Rocket. Oh, you know, they call it Rocket. I didn't know that.
1: That's they awesome. Do.
0: Yeah, do. Just from all the international members of, of our groups all over the years, they'd be like, I'm having Rocket. I'm like, what is that? And then we figured out it was arugula.
1: That's so cool. I'm going to start calling it that. That sounds Let's much cooler than arugula.
0: <laughs> I don't know why we call it two different things, but anyway.
3: <laughs> oh, my. <laughs>
0: So I I love that you're, you know, you're still eating foods that you love, but you've realized you don't need to eat past satiety. Oh,
1: yes, yes. And again, sometimes I still do. We all do. We're human, you know, but I don't beat myself up for it. And I know, you know, the great thing about intermittent fasting is you start again. As soon as you stop eating, you've gotten back on, you know, we all talk about falling off the wagon. Just get back on on the wagon. You know, it's like (laughs) there is no wagon. (laughs) You just, but yeah. (laughs) I realized something really
0: strange about me. I don't know if it's strange or not. But last night while I was eating, I had a giant snack yesterday because I was really hungry. So it was really a a meal (laughs) worth of food. And then it was dinner time, And, you know, Chad wanted to eat. And our son Will is here with us. And so he's 22. So I was like, well, I still need to make dinner, even though I'm really not hungry. I need to make dinner. I'm not that hungry, but I'm going to make it. And it was beautiful. So I served myself a plate, not as much as I served them. But I sat down and I ate, I don't know not quite half of it and i was like you know i've just had enough yeah. and i'm like chad would you like because sometimes you know i don't serve chad enough and he wants more and i'm like would you like to eat the rest of mine he's like yes so i passed it over to him and he's eating it and then he stopped with it had italian sausages with it and he left one piece of italian sausage on the plate one piece like one little bite <laughs> and he left it and he was like i've had enough now and my mind was like, okay, this is so odd. It was very easy for me to identify with a lot of food still left on my plate that I had had enough and stop. But if I had had one bite left on my plate, I'm, I would have just eaten it. I'm
1: the same way.
0: So I, I like had an epiphany. It's like if I serve myself a ton of food mm. and it's easier to stop when there's a lot left because I'm like, well, I know I can't eat all that. That's way too much. So it was very easy for me to stop. Versus when he had that one bite, I'm like, I should finish
1: that. You just have one bite left. I don't know. If that was. Does that sound weird? I don't know. You know, I do the same thing because my husband will do that. He'll stop and he'll have one bite left, and I'm like, that's what. It, just eat it, you know. But one bite. that's one of the things I actually had to start working on, and you know, is leaving food on my plate. And because I was the same way, it's like, oh, if I left half of it, okay, that's fine. Or maybe I could put it away. I think that was my thing. Maybe I wouldn't throw it away, but I'd put it up and I'd put it in the fridge. I used to be very big on wasting food. And I've since realized that Overeating is still wasting it. Yeah,
0: you're wasting it in your body. You
1: wasted it when you bought it. Yes.
0: That's the main thing you have to get out of your mind. When you bought too much food, when you bought more than you needed, when you put more food on your plate than you could eat, that was the moment it was wasted. Finishing it does not make it less of a waste.
1: Yeah. And so I I had to work on that. No, just throw it away. So I did have to leave. I, I not have to, but I worked on leaving, you know, three bites of food on my plate. And just being okay with that. And that was so hard for me. So yeah, if there was one piece of sausage, and then for me too, I struggle to throw away meat because in my mind, I'm like, you know, an animal, (laughs) it's an animal. Yeah. Fries, anything like that, potatoes, uh, um, for the most part, I'm, I'm okay throwing those away, but meat, I, I still have a really hard time with that. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: Chad likes to save things cause he eats lunch. So he'll be like, like Will ate half of his sausage and didn't eat the rest. They were pretty big pieces of it. And Chad's like, don't throw that away. And he saved it. <laughs> then he'll like eat it the next day. So I'm like, okay, he, he likes the leftovers at lunch.
1: Ours, we never eat leftovers. I've learned that. I'm like, we need to just throw
0: it out. <laughs> well, Chad's good at that. And he will, it depends, like if I package it up the right way, he'll eat it. If I put it on a plate or in a bowl, he will eat it. If I put it in like a big storage container and leave it, he's not going to like go into that container and get his own little serving. Oh, it's the weirdest thing ever. I got to make it like a no-brainer. Otherwise, he'll be in there like microwaving chicken strips. I'm <laughs> like, why are you eating the chicken strips? I would never eat those chicken strips, but okay. Men. Men. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's a little less cleanish than I am, Yes, so yes. Whatever. Oh, he can do what I mean. he wants. He's a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about exercise that you like to do now. You mentioned you had been like running seven miles a day back in the day and doing high intensity interval training. What do you
1: do now? So now I walk. That's usually the best form for me. I love it. And and the thing is like, you know, for me, exercise, it, it really is more for my mental health than my physical health. I also, when I talk to other people about exercise, I call it functional exercise. I don't know if that's like the correct term for it. I see housework as exercise. I do too. I think it okay. is functional exercise.
0: I think right. that is what you call it. I see it, okay. it too. You know, yeah. that I talk about in Fast, Feast, Repeat, they did a study. The with, maid study? Um, did you, yes. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? I love it, yes. Did you read it in Fast Feast Repeat or somewhere I, else? Somewhere else, yeah. As soon as I read it, I'm like, wow. Yes, the maid study. So for people who don't know the maid study, let me try to Google it right them. now. <laughs> it's been a while, yeah. But they told the maids in the hotel, they split them into two groups randomly, and they told one group. Good news, the work that you do as a maid, your maid work is all the physical activity that you need. You are getting all the exercise you need through your work. It's very active work. And the other group, they didn't tell them that. And so then they followed them. And the group that was told that it was the exercise, they all lost weight. Mm Mm-hmm. And their blood pressure went down. I mean, mm-hmm. other, they yeah. got the benefits of exercise. Exactly. So whatever the reason was,
1: well, you know, that's, <laughs> I, I, it's so funny. I have my thoughts. I recently yeah. <laughs> read that article because I've actually just, I've just created an online program that I launched last year in November. And that's one of the articles that I spoke about. And I said, look at that. It's, it really is, it's all in your beliefs. I believe that anyway. Yeah. It's all in your beliefs. And when we look at it, they think it might be just the placebo effect. If you believe that you're doing good, if you believe that what you're doing is exercise, you will get the benefits of exercise. And I also think that you might do it differently. Yes, like If I, I agree. know that
0: dusting my house is my exercise, I might dust with a little more. Yeah, a little more gusto. Like, oh, I'm working my arm <laughs> yes, and you appreciate yes. it different. You're like, I'm lifting this San Pellegrino. Oh, I'm putting this up, you know, and you just feel your muscles working. I really think that you know, that mind-body connection mm-hmm. is
1: huge. Yes, I love that study. I love it. I wish they'd do more. Like that. I've I've looked for more, you know, like that. I'm sure there are some out there, but yeah, that's such a good study. And so, yeah, housework. I don't like doing it, but it serves multiple purposes, and that's the way I look at it. One of the biggest things that I do that I do kind of enjoy doing, um, especially when the weather's nice, I detail the interior of my car. Okay. I used to pay somebody, not well it's not somebody, I used to take my car to get that done. I mean, I save so much money. I sweat buckets doing that and I have a nice clean car. So that's the kind of exercise that I do. I also, if my boys have a game or they have practice after school and I have to take them, I'll take my dogs with me and I'll take them for a walk while the boys are practicing, you know? And then every day I do try to get in two 15-minute walks. But again, that's more for my my mental health, just to kind of clear my head and get, you know, mentally... I guess prepare myself to get back to work. And then of course I just swimming, kayaking. I love it. Oh hiking. yeah. I love, I that love sort of thing. I love hiking. Too. I love kayaking. I love kayaking. Yes. Oh gosh. Gardner State Park. I just went there over the summer. I love all of that. So
0: yeah. I've gotta buy myself a paddle and a life jacket for kayaking because there's a place down near my beach cottage in South Carolina in Merle's Inlet that has like kayaks you can rent. But when I went I didn't like their life jacket. It was, I was like, I don't don't know. I'm weird. I was like, I don't like the way this one smells. I want my own. That's mine. And also, I don't need to own a kayak, but I felt like I needed a paddle because the one I got was a dud. And so the whole time I was out there, I had this dud paddle. And I'm like, I'm going to buy my own paddle. So I've got to do that before summer hits. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That's my goal. (laughs) And then I can go rent the kayak and then just bring my
1: own equipment. Now, tell me what inspired you to write the book and when did you write the book? Well, like I mentioned before, it was kind of born out of frustration. I was so angry. <laughs> I was so angry about the fact that I had, if I had just listened to my body before, you know, cause I I really went through some mental anguish about food and just weight and, and just always feeling hungry or not even, even when I wasn't hungry, I was thinking about food. What am I going to eat? How many calories can, should I eat? And does this have enough protein? Does this have Is this too many carbs? And why do I overeat? That was the other thing. It's like, yeah. I was just always hungry and, and it just was always on my mind. Frustration. I just kind of started writing about my, my weight loss journey, about my dieting journey. And it was private at first. I remember, gosh, it's like 10,000 words. I still remember, I think October of 2000, I guess it would be 19, I say still, I remember it was October. I don't remember what year, but I mean, I just started writing just on a word document, just writing, 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 writing. And I still remember seeing 10,000 words. I thought 10,000 words. Wow." Wow. I thought, well, maybe I should put this into a blog. So I did. I put it into a blog and I actually used a pen name because I was so embarrassed about it. I didn't want anyone to know. Then I started writing about my intermittent fasting journey and I made mean, more words. And then I thought, and then people started commenting and asking me about it. And I actually got contacted by a podcast. They discovered my blog. And at that point, I had kind of thought about doing a book and I thought, you know what, this is it. So I got contacted in September of 2019, or that's when I think I was on the podcast. And I went ahead and announced, yes, I'll be right. I'm writing and I'll be releasing a book this year, 2020. And then I was like, crap, I need to write a book. And and I I mean, I had the book, you know, it just, I had to put it all together and oh my goodness. And that was, that was its own beast. You know, it was self-published. So I had no clue what I was doing. I just learned everything on the fly. And me too. That's what you you do. (laughs) And uh, yeah, November of 2020. But you know, the other reason I wrote the book though, was also the hope. As frustrated as I felt, as angry as I felt at the diet industry, I also There's hope. Oh my gosh, there's hope. And I just wanted, I thought, you know, I almost didn't write it because I thought, well, there's already podcasts out there. It's already becoming big. But I thought, no, you know what? What's one more voice? If I can, if one person, if just one person finds my story helpful or hopeful or, you know, that makes them feel like they're not alone, like they're not crazy because they're just always hungry or they can't lose weight. That's enough. And sure enough, I've gotten message. I I know you. You know that I know you know that yeah. feeling when people—it's the best feeling. There email is. you or message you. It so is. Thank you so much. Thank you. And it just. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's basically where my book came from. And I've just—it's just been amazing. It, it really has. I, I, I. I'm so glad. Yeah. It
0: feel it feels wonderful. So we're almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting, or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I would
1: say, start where you're at, not where you think you should be. That's really one piece of advice. Yes, please, and try as much as you can. If you're going to do intermittent fasting for weight loss, which most of us do, try to do it with love. (laughs) I know that sounds so corny, but it just no,
0: that it doesn't sound corny to me at all. Okay,
1: it really does work. Intermittent fasting, like I said, you know, I really—it's a tool. It's a tool for the mind and the body and just has so many different benefits but again start where you're at if you can go 12 hours fasting great if you can go you know 14 whatever you can do even just 10 there actually there was a study from 2020 where people with metabolic syndrome they said that just 10 hours of fasting had benefits so there you go
0: it's better than what a lot of people are doing if people are eating up until bedtime and first thing when they wake up Every little bit of fasting you can add yes, is better. Yes. Now, are 10 hours of fasting or 12 hours are you going to lose weight? Probably not, but you're going to you're going to heal and as your body starts to get in a
1: better place,
0: then you're going to start to feel better and you're going to not be as hungry.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So focus on the other benefits and and that's the other thing. I recommend that when you're first starting out, you know, the first few weeks, even the first few months, just put the scale away. Don't even look at the scale. Focus on your pants. Focus on your skin. Focus on all the other benefits that you will be getting from intermittent fasting. And the weight loss is just a side effect.
0: (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Alexis, how can people
1: find you? If you'd like to connect with me, you can visit me at my website. My website is www.thewhatifdietplan.com. All right. Well, wonderful. Well, thank
0: you so much for sharing your story today. And I really enjoyed getting to know more about you. Thank you so
1: much. It's been an honor.
0: at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show.
2: From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window